Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hello, mission friends. Today, we are going to take you from the crossroads of Europe in the country of Georgia to the North African melting pot of various cultures in the Maghreb. Sometimes it can be scary when someone asks you a Bible question. Anne Troy will tell us how she answered a question through thinking strategically of what the best way to answer was. Here is her story. Language is not the only challenge that missionaries face in the field. We also sometimes encounter awkward social situations. The title of the next story is Common Ground. When I decided to take swimming lessons, I knew the biggest mountain to conquer would be my paralyzing fear of water. I am still working on that and slowly getting better. But during one of my most recent lessons, I found myself facing a challenge I never thought I would encounter in the swimming pool. One day, Sasha, my coach, shot a sensitive question out of nowhere. Do you drink wine? Um, no, I smiled, still catching my breath after a long lap and scrambling in my mind to find the best answer to the question that was most definitely going to follow. Why? My coach asked. There it was, the question I was waiting for. Well, Chris and I don't drink alcohol at all, I replied. Oh, I remember he mentioned it once, Sasha continued, intrigued. Why? I paused, trying to come up with the best answer. I prayed silently for inspiration. Then I started playing the different options in my head. A. Because the Bible says so. Yes, you can say that if you want your first Bible debate with someone to be focused on whether Jesus drank fermented wine, diluted wine or grape juice. Better find another angle. B. It is a religious matter. Then the person will likely ask what religion that is, and once you say an Adventist, that is the label that will be pasted on your forehead forever. You will be defined by what you do not do. Adventism is more than not eating pork and not drinking wine. You want to preach Jesus first and doctrine last. Go deeper. See, Because it isn't healthy. True. But you do not want to sound condescending. People can fail when you think you are better than them. Also, Georgians equal anything homemade with healthy. For them, homemade wine is healthy. Maybe go with this one, but sweeten it up? Um, I heard myself replying, we decided we want to have full control over our minds and bodies. We just prefer it like that. I watched Sasha shake his head. He looked genuinely puzzled and almost disappointed. That's no good, he said. That's literally all the fun there is. How can anyone have fun without alcohol? What I wanted to say was, that's pretty sad. But I cut myself. Don't say that. Then I turned to him and said, we just have to work harder. I smiled. We have fun too. It is different without alcohol, but I can assure you, life is pretty good without it. Sasha shook his head again, then replied, 
I have to admit, I cannot remember half of my life. But you know, my best decisions in life, I took them while drunk. Gives you courage in a way, right? I laughed bitterly. Sasha nodded. Well then, imagine what kind of courage you need to learn to swim in deep water without some help from alcohol, I grinned. Sasha laughed and then motioned me to start on another lap. He was no stranger to my frequent panic attacks in deep water. I could see that even though he strongly disagreed with my take on alcohol, he was definitely processing our conversation. I came home that day wearing a heavy burden. I had not felt like that since childhood when I was a missionary kid in the middle of nowhere. The feeling of being the absolute opposite of the people I lived among surfaced once again. How could we ever reach these people? They lived to eat, drink and party. We believe that none of the above are key to a meaningful life. There's nothing similar there. What's the common ground? I emptied my soul to Chris and he agreed that Jesus always mingled with people and started everything from that common ground. He brought the kingdom of heaven into the everyday aspects of life. One day, we will find out how to do it too, he assured me. Recently, our whole family was down with COVID-19. Many people have sent us encouraging messages and prayed for us. Our lovely neighbors brought some of their best toys over to cheer up our children. But to me, the most impressive message was the one coming from Mrs. Inga, our language teacher. Please let me know if you need anything. I am praying for you. I was speechless. Mrs. Inga was praying for us. It was the first time anyone said that to us here in Georgia. At that moment, it was not our differences that mattered, that we were vegetarians, alcohol abstinent, or that we did not party. What mattered was our sameness, suffering, having needs, and praying to the same Father despite our different beliefs. There was our common ground. I smiled and I thought, maybe the next time I have a sensitive conversation with someone, I should just start with that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Will you pray that we will be able to make this message the center of our gospel? The next story takes place in North Africa, where Aaron and his family serves as long-term missionaries. He will tell us a story of a Muslim woman that had a personal encounter with Jesus in her dreams. I want to tell you a story that I so loved hearing for the first time from the person about whom this story is. The title of this story is The Life-Changing Dream. <gasps> Laila woke up confused and disturbed by her dream. She was a Muslim, so why did the foreign prophet come to speak to her? Seeing the men in white... Laila knew right away who he was. This was Isa, son of Maryam, or Jesus, son of Mary, the prophet of the Christians, whom they blasphemously made one of their three gods. Why have you come to me? Laila asked Jesus directly in her dream. I am a Hislander, but you are the prophet of those Christian people. In response, Jesus gave Laila a big smile. 
and showed her a street full of people from all nations. All of these are my disciples, Lila, and I want you to be one of them. Come, follow me. The voice of Jesus was so sweet, so welcoming. Seeing the multitude from all races and nations drew Lila in and she accepted the calling. What does it mean though, she wondered. How does one follow Jesus? Lila decided that to find out the answer for her question, she should go to the only church in her city that she knew about. So she did. She went in, looked at the paintings on the walls, she looked at the altar, the burning candles, and the priests going to and fro, but no one looked at her, let alone stopped to talk to Lila. It seemed as if she were invisible in that alien world of Christians. So that was that, Lila concluded. I tried to follow the prophet who spoke to me in my dream. I did my part, but I didn't work. Two years went by before Lila learned from her friend about another church, the Seventh-day Adventist church. She told her friend about the dream she had and both ladies decided to make a visit. This time they were met with a much warmer welcome. But there was still a barrier which seemed unsurmountable. Both Lila and her friend were deaf and mute, and nobody in the church knew the sign language, so they felt like they were stuck again. But where there is a will, there is a way, goes the saying. And that was exactly what one brother in that circle thought. Apart from supplying both ladies with literature, he made a bold decision. He was going to learn the sign language so that he could minister to their visitors. All this happened some 30 years ago. That brother kept his promise and Lila and her friend kept coming. When they were baptized, they were the first deaf and mute Adventists in Hisland. They were also the first ethnic Hislanders and the first Muslims in that country to join the Adventist church. With a shiny smile on her face, which is so characteristic of her, and with her irresistibly good heart, Lila drew her husband and both of her sons into the church circle. She also witnessed to her friends and neighbors within the deaf and mute community. And they began to join the Adventist church one by one. Eventually, they even organized their own church. As the children of Lila and her friends grew up, a new youth church sprang up, the first Adventist church ever to use the Islamic language in their worship. Lila's son became the elder of this new church, while his brother actively serves in another town in the only other ethnically Islamic Seventh-day Adventist church in the world. The young people from this second-generation church are very intentional about making their fellowship welcoming to outsiders. With Islam being the chief religion of Hisland, their focus is logically on Muslims. Upon entering our church building, everyone removes their shoes, like Muslims entering a mosque or Moses standing on the holy ground. 
In that same manner, the congregation sits on mats spread on the floor. Their music is mostly local and very different from what Christians in the West are used to. Just as Adventists in other parts of the world use Christmas to make special programs and invite outsiders to their church, so this group also uses local holidays to do just the same. And they do it with great success. Apart from Monday, every day of the week sees one type of activity or another organized by members of our church. And people come, Hislanders, foreigners, and even students who come to Hisland from other much stricter Muslim countries. As if that was not enough, several members of uh, this native church work full-time for a regional media center. They produce online audio and video evangelistic programs for six countries, some of which are completely closed for other types of work. This international ministry is also led by Lila's own son. When Lila saw the crowd made up of people of various nations in her dream, she was very impressed. What she couldn't have known back then was that God was going to use her own witness to accomplish much of what Jesus had shown her. People of various nations are joining in following Christ through the ministry of her own and the people that she has brought into relationship with Christ and the Adventist Church. Lila is now retired and old, but her smile, her hugs and her acts of kindness, which attracted so many to learn about Jesus, are still the same. I tell you, meeting Lila will surely brighten your day. It feels very much like meeting Jesus Christ himself. Thanks to the efforts of Adventist Frontier Missions, many have learned about the truth of the heavenly kingdom and the second coming of Jesus Christ. But there are still people that need to know the truth before Jesus comes again. If you want to be part in reaching the unreached, find out how by visiting our website at afmonline.org.